Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast. Well, hey, now that we are past our series on building a framework of sales management, we are going to get back to our rhythm of normal episodes where we interview guests and listen to the takeaways that they have. And to start it out, there's a a number of episodes that we have left in the season, but I was really, really excited for this interview because today's interview is with the team at Stove Team International. And Stove Team is something that I had heard about previously from my work on the HPBA board a couple of years ago. They were approved as one of the new charities that the HPBA supported. And I, I'd heard a little bit about what they did and what they offered. And I thought it was cool, but that was kind of it. As I've gotten to see this team and, and learn more about what they do, I am just blown away by their work and and truly, man, this is something that our industry has to get behind for a myriad of reasons that we talk about in this episode. But literally, I mean, for all the things that that are going on when it comes to climate change and emissions and sustainability, Dove Team International is doing incredible work, particularly in Central America, to help people have a better quality of life, clean up the air, and literally save lives. And so in today's episode, we dive pretty deep into that conversation. And my hope is that you listen to this and decide that you want your business to get involved. This is something that literally any company in our industry for very, very little money can participate and make a major difference in the lives of others. So with that said, I'm going to step out of the way so you can hear this conversation. But again, my hope is that by the end, you decide you're going to do something to support the cause. Joining me from the Pacific Northwest is Shelby Cardis and Mike Hatfield from Stove Team International. Guys, I'm so glad to have you here today. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for hosting us for sure. Yeah, we're great. We're happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It took us a little while to nail this conversation down just with our conflicting schedules, but I I feel like it's so important. And I guess maybe to start out and frame it, my my journey of understanding even that Stove Team International was a thing was a couple of years ago when I was on the HPBA board and we took a vote about supporting a new charity. And I remember seeing a, a short video that talked about how you guys provided wood stoves to people across the country who were cooking on open fireplaces and helped improve the air quality. And I, I thought to myself, like, oh, that's that's cool. Like I, I think that's a great idea. But that was kind of that. And I and I, I I you know I kept moving. And and probably maybe six or eight months ago, the Firetime magazine ran an, an article that featured you guys. And I remember talking with our editor, Matt Bradley, about what you guys do in detail and just thinking like, man, I did not understand the gravity of this right away. And I, I think what you do is incredible and and desperately needed. And I think our industry, man, just needs to support you guys every step of the way. So, so to say that, uh, t- teeing you up, can, can you guys talk about what is Stove Team International? What do you guys do specifically? 
Yeah. All right. Well, our mission is to facilitate the placement of low smoke, fuel efficient, safe cook stoves in Latin America. And we do this because half the world cooks over smoky, dangerous, open cooking fires in their home. And we got into this because it's incredibly dangerous, mostly for women and children, but families. And it's also just incredibly dangerous and damaging to our environment. Um, it's it's a huge issue and not many people know about this issue. And so we've been working at Stove Team International since 2007, um, working with very, it's a simple solution to a complex problem. Um, the stoves are simple, um, but they work and they reduce smoke by about 50%. They improve the air quality in the home and they reduce the amount of of damaging pollutants that are going out into the environment. That's awesome. I don't know if you want to add anything, Mike. Um, no, that's great. That's great. Yeah. And we definitely, one of the aspects of our stove designs really is that they're locally designed. We, um, you know, we, we did design them as engineers as well as for in, in lab with testing in lab as well as field testing, but it's definitely developed with local cooks along the way. So they gave their feedback and were part of the process. So, I mean, I, I want to dive into so many different angles of this, but first let's talk about the problem. So you mentioned Shelby that this really solves the problem of open fire cooking. And for for most of us listening to this, I would imagine that they're going to be in a Western context, particularly in North America. And as a privileged North American, the idea of cooking over an open fire is such a foreign concept. Mm-hmm. But can you talk about the what's the problem with that? And, and who is it that experiences that? Yeah. So... I, I I always talk to people about this. If you can imagine, you know, most of us have gone on a camping trip If and you know what it feels like when you are sitting in front of that campfire and the smoke, the wind changes, the smoke comes your direction. And you know what that feels like when the smoke hits your face, it burns your eyes, it burns your lungs, and it seems that you can't get away from it. And usually at a campfire, we're sitting outside. So if you can imagine that this campfire is in that in your house in you know a very rudimentary house with kind of tin walls or or cane structure walls um but that campfire is in in the house and the fire is burning every day about 14 hours a day we work a lot with indigenous populations we work with with impoverished communities but they don't live in houses like we do. They live in very simple yeah. structures. And this fire it is is essential to their well-being. They're, this is how they cook every single day. And because women are mostly responsible for doing the household cooking, this really is a women's issue. It affects women mostly. And the women usually have their small children with them. Mm-hmm. And so this, the we go into homes and the creosote buildup on ceilings is about three inches thick. And, and if you can imagine that that creosote that's being built up in the house is that is coating the lungs, especially of these small children. It's a leading cause of death of children under the age of five. Oh, and kids man. are mostly just dying of pneumonia, you know, upper respiratory, lower respiratory maladies. But it affects the entire community. It's it's it causes cancer, it causes eye disease. Families are collecting wood for these fires. And so Communities are walking, you know, cutting down all the trees that are in within reach. Um, so it it contributes to deforestation, and then and it's just an incredibly um, polluting way of cooking because open fires they contribute yeah. 
um, a, a ton of CO2 and black carbon into the atmosphere. Yeah. And so, yeah, and just to put like yeah. a startling number to it, like if that, if that open fire in their household is, is basically, you think about side stream smoke is like 400 cigarettes an hour being burnt in, uh, in the household. And uh, the kids, children, you know, they're developing lungs are exposed to that side stream smoke. Man, as you say that, that's, that's heartbreaking to hear. Yeah. You you said that you specifically focus on Latin America. Like, what would you guess percentage of population in Latin America deals with this issue of open fire cooking? Definitely the grand majority. Yeah, the majority, definitely over the majority. I mean, the cities, the cities are, aren't as much using open fires, but the, the rural is pretty much almost everybody like that high percentage. So I'd say so overall in, in all the countries where we work, it's as on average, it's over 50 percent of the population. But we do work in rural areas. And there it's more like in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. So massive, massive issue that I think in, in, in the, in the West, it's so easy to be blind to because of the, the lives that we lead are, are yep. different and, and in many ways more, more privileged with, with money and, and other things like that. So this is, this is a humanitarian issue in improving people's lives. Shelby, you mentioned it's mostly women and children that are disproportionately affected by this. Can you, can you talk about your solution now? So you guys go in. And you locally source new wood stoves? Am I? Is that what you guys do? We locally design and source okay. the materials in production. And so, basically, Stove Team um, International started, like I said, 15 years ago. Um, and basically, the model was it was started by Rotarians, and the model was to find a local entrepreneur, um, and then using Rotary grants and Rotary funds to start a little small business that would then continue on. So we've started factories in five different countries in Central America, Southern Mexico, down through Central America. Um, presently, we're working diligently with three of those factories that over the last 15 years have proved very successful. Um, so that's our model. Is to, but the stove itself was designed with local cooks in the area using local materials, basically metal, cement, um, local brick, all materials that are locally sourced. And what's the benefit when they start using a stove? I mean, obviously, you you now have a, have a pipe, a chimney going through the the house, so that significantly reduces smoke. What else? What else happens? Yeah, the other thing would definitely be just the, the reduction reduction in fuel use um, equate to either time savings or financial savings. Um, many of these families are spending are spent. I mean, are spent. And I mean, the number they they throw out there's up to twenty hours a week looking for firewood. And so if you cut their fuel in half, you're cutting out 10 hours of time. And if those are children, that's time they could be at school. And often they're not. They're, they're Instead, their daily chores to go out and gather firewood. Um, and then many of the people are now more and more purchasing firewood. Um, and then that is, that's saving real financial incentive for the stove. So, And, and did, you, did you say before that, that these stoves reduce smoke by roughly 50%? No, fuel use by 50, 50% or more. Um, smoke pretty much they eliminate it from the house. Wow. So be, the chimney, the chimney stove. So when stove team started out, the first model was, um, a chimneyless cheaper stove with the idea that, it, and that would reduce 90% of the smoke. Um, and so that's still at some places in places that are open with better ventilation. That's fine. But in a, in some other places like Guatemala, where people are cooking in enclosed environment, 90% is just not good enough. Yeah. So then we have, we actually have a chimney that eliminates pretty much a hundred percent of the smoke when the stove is functioning well. I mean, it, it's amazing to hear that. And, and I want to jump into, you know, how, how hearth stores and distributors, manufacturers can partner with you guys. And, 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 and I was amazed at how little it costs to, to be a part of this. But the next thing, I guess, before we go there, 
I'd like to talk overall about about carbon output because this is really, I mean, like outside of all the humanitarian stuff, to me, this this carbon issue is is such a win for everybody because you know, I mean, our our planet is facing like a, a climate crisis, and we have to figure out what are we going to do about all of this carbon that we're pumping into the atmosphere. How does putting these stoves in affect the climate and the in the, the carbon situation of these communities? Yeah, unfortunately, the, the I mean, you know, the West and our industry does produce a lot of CO two in the atmosphere, but the unfortunate thing is also the 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 half the population using open fires in the world also is a huge emitter of CO two into the atmosphere, and so pretty much a reduction of CO two is a direct correlation of reduction of fuel wood. So if our stoves are saving, you know, half to two thirds of the fuel use, that is that is reducing that much from the the stove that would be there, the open fire, we didn't put these stoves in. Um, and so we are actually in the process now of validating in each of our locations we work, the actual reductions per year that each stove reduces in CO2. And we're in Guatemala, it's a little over five tons per stove. Um, so that's about half of the the average consumption of the a U.S. citizen wow. for our 365 days of, of all the ways we emit CO2 in our life. So essentially, like if, if a if a hearth dealership were to support Stove Team International and they had five team members that worked for them, if they could contribute to 10 stoves, it would essentially wipe out all of the carbon that every single one of those team members would use for an entire year. Exactly. They would become carbon neutral, they claim carbon neutrality, and we definitely love people to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. I mean, I, 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 think, I think that that is such a double win. Yeah. What 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 have you found in the communities that you go into? Like, yeah, what what have you? How have you found that communities respond to this? What's it looked like five years later? Can you talk a little bit about that? So I just was in the field um, with our board chair Kim Forrest, who's she's part of the hearth industry with Forest Technical Coatings. Um, we went and visited all of our projects, so in Guatemala, El Salvador, and Nicaragua. And, you know, so I, w- I would just say the, we, we, it's when we go into a home that y- there's, you know, a family that they notice immediately when the smoke is gone. I mean, you notice immediately. I, when I go into a home with an open fire, I, c- I give myself about four minutes and I have to get out of there. Like you, you notice immediately when the smoke is gone. And so, these women are so they're just so thankful and they they're just they love the stoves usually they love the stoves um they're happy because they're they they tell us about the health effects they ha- they're happy <clears throat> because they're saving wood the wood savings is a big deal and they that that seems to be a very a very strong incentive for them but then, you know, they talk about things about, you know, that, that their, their kids are, the kids come into the kitchen now with them, like their family members will be with them around the stove. And so, you know, the, the, the families really appreciate the stoves. And, um, it's really heartwarming to go and to speak with the women, especially after they receive a new stove. Wow. And what's the life expectancy on these stoves? 
Yeah, I mean, so we like to say five years because really, like, um, I mean, the truth is, like, uh, for the Husa stove that we're mostly working with, it's indefinite in the sense that the 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 main part of the stove this is made out of brick and cement that um, really won't ever go away. But there is the chimney that needs to be replaced every few years, and the metal griddle is about a five year lifespan. The chimney is pretty common and easy to be replaced. The griddle, uh, we're, we're, we're working also to set up systems where that can be replaced, but just to be safe, we're saying five years, yeah. uh, but really it can be longer. And, and what's the local sourcing look like? Does that actually create like an economic engine for communities? For sure. Um, yeah, the local, yeah, definitely, definitely the production itself creates great local jobs, but yeah, we, we, we definitely purchase lots of locally made bricks. Um, and, and then, you know, some metal, metal is not as the least local material it comes easy from Brazil or Mexico. Um, but, the the local brick, the bricks are definitely a local source. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, just from, from your inception in 2007, do you know roughly like how many stoves you guys have out of the market? We have about 82,000 at this point. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Man, that's really cool. So, okay, speaking, speaking really practically, again, I'm, I'm thinking our, our industry has to do something to take a stance on the climate crisis. I mean, we have waffled in indecision for years and years and years, and some of that is due to part of the industry denying climate change. Some of that's due to fear of upsetting the wrong manufacturer by taking a stance. And it's just, it, but we have to figure out, like, what are we doing to contribute to the solution? And- I guess as, as I as I look at this, like from the humanitarian perspective of making people's lives better and helping in particular women and children have a better quality of life and, and not die prematurely from, you know, other like lung related issues or cancer. Plus the fact that, that this like blatantly reduces carbon output. I mean, to me, it's like our industry should be the champion of this. And, and anytime there's a you know, a, a legislative push. And instead of saying, no, 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 we're, we're against this and we got to fight for energy choice and independence. Instead, what we can do is we can, we can talk about the effort that we're actually making to be part of the solution, both in the emissions reductions of the products that we're producing and in, in, in the work that, that our industry supports. I, I just think that that's a no brainer. So how can people, what, what's it take for someone to support this movement? Well, you know, I mean, donations are always, we're, we're always looking for donations. We need donations to put stoves in homes. Um, so that's one thing. Um, one of the things that I love about this sector is that, you know, a, a one individual with $150, $200 can make a huge difference. That's, that's a, a one. That's five years of smoke-free cooking for one one family, $150 to $200. So, you know, that's, it seems like, I, I always think about this, you know, it's a huge issue. Most people don't know about it. And so one of the things that every single person that is listening to this podcast could do is just simply talk about it. Because I always am amazed this issue affects half the world. It kills over 4 million people every single year. It's a leading cause of death of children under the age of five, incredibly damaging to the environment. And go talk to anybody about it and they'll say, what? I don't know about this. But And it, it kills more people than tuberculosis, malaria, and HIV combined. And everyone knows that those diseases exist, wow. but nobody knows about this. So a very simple and free thing that anybody could do is just simply talk about it, raise yeah. the issue. And the hearth industry is the perfect 
partner to help us do that. I'd encourage anybody listening to this who's interested to go to our website for sure. We have lots of information there. Uh, we do, there is the, the um, hearth industry, particularly we have the thousand stove challenge that we are, that we're taking part of that's in conjunction with the, with HPBA. So that'd be great if you want to be involved that way also. Mm-hmm. And what specifically is the Thousand Stove Challenge? Yeah, so the Thousand Stove Challenge is something we launched at the end of 2021. Um, we it was after we are adopted as a charity of choice by the HPBA, um, and so basically, um, the Thousand Stove Challenge is a matching campaign. So manufacturers and distributors are matching donations that retailers are contributing. So basically, we set a level of $100 per stove. Um, That contributes to getting one stove into a household. And if a retailer sells a, 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 a product the retailer donates $10 and up the chain, the distributors and the manufacturers are matching those donations. So we are currently at about halfway um, to meeting our goal of placing a thousand stoves. And so, you know, already the hearth industry uh, is really supporting this effort um, and because people are responding to this. And that is a great way for, for your industry and just individuals to contribute to the to getting stoves in yeah. the field. So what what does it cost roughly to to fully pay for one stove? Yeah. So you know we we have been saying a hundred dollars equals one stove. Unfortunately we are we are suffering from all of the increase in in material costs, labor costs. Realistically, it costs about $165 to $200 at this point to put a stove in field. Metal costs are really rising. Transportation costs are rising. And programmatically, we're trying to do it the best we can too. So we're realizing really to do, uh, you know, this, when you build the stove, you got to also do an inspection, make sure it's built correctly and follow up. So we're just trying to do it correctly. So the price is going up a little bit. Well, what I'm thinking about is, so as a retailer, let's just call it $200. and and if I'm a retailer, I can add fifty to one hundred dollars per sale and tell this story every single time. I mean, to me, again, someone someone's in the store, they're buying a wood stove, and they're trying to figure out why should I choose you versus choosing whoever down the street or buying this online from some faceless company. And when you can tell the story and say, you know, our prices aren't the cheapest, but part of the reason why, is that every two fireplaces we sell, we pay for a new stove to go into an impoverished community, improve the air quality where more than 400 million people per year are dying from you know causes related to living with, with all the smoke inhalation. And you're contributing to that. Yeah. To me, that that is such a win, and 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 like maybe 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 you have to say every every three fireplaces we sell does that. Yeah. But to me, that that is a piece of marketing that like you should get behind, especially like the millennial generation and Gen Z. They care so much about where their money is being spent. Yeah, I, I, I really I, completely agree, yeah. and I really and and the reality is the contribution is not that much compared to like the no. uh, the cost of the hard stoves that were per, the things were per, either purchasing. So really, it really I agree that it should be a no brainer. It should just be a win win for everybody. Yeah. So practically, practically speaking, um, this I, I actually know of a number. I I, I can't mention them all because I don't want to forget one. But I'm thinking of like five, six businesses off the top of my head that I know actively, actively support yeah. you guys. Um, how do they run it logistically? So 
if you donate per stove, just end of the month, they track their sales and they cut you a check. Like, how do you make that work from a logistics perspective? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we tried to make uh, this challenge as easy on people as possible. And so we, we, Basically, we just ask people to track their sales and then they, they, they sign up for the campaign, which you can do. We have a website, um, a, a page on our website. It's just stoveteam.org forward slash challenge. So all of the instructions are on there. Basically, you just, they just sign up. So we know who, who people are, industries are, or c- companies who have joined the challenge. And then we just have them keep track during the year and they send us a check you know, as we go along, it's a very simple campaign. It's not, it's not complicated at all. And we did that on purpose, just, you know, we don't want it to be difficult. We provide materials that you can put, that the company can put on their counter, provide, you know, um, marketing materials. So we want to be here to help out with anything that, that you all need, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a great way to support the cause. Oh, it's so good. So and, and, and I guess with the match, so so while the thousand stove challenge is going on, if a retailer gives a hundred bucks, what's the match on that? So the the distributors are are matching. Um, so they so they are matching uh, dollar for dollar. So a ten dollars match gets is a ten dollar match. So it's basically doubling the donation. Okay. Okay. Cool. So yeah, man. I mean, I, my, my mind is racing with this, but I, I think as an industry, historically, we have been very tight fisted and, and, and I'll, I'll not, I'm not going to say our industry has not been generous to the individual causes that the individual business owner may believe in, but as a holistic industry, we have not come together to be part of something bigger than ourselves. And I feel like this is the opportunity to do that where it is such a one-to-one correlation to bless somebody in a different part of the world that that lives under very d- different circumstances through the very industry and the very same life experience that, that we have as we burn wood stoves and, and fireplaces is just an absolute no-brainer. Can you talk about any specific interactions you've had with companies in the HPBA that have just been crushing it for you? Yeah, well, so I would like to just mention Craig Gutowski and Luke Gutowski of the Foundry because this was a hundred percent their baby. They Craig brought this idea to us and to the HPBA, and he has been a champion of it from the very beginning. Um, so, so the Foundry is is one company that that has been instrumental in getting this out. Um, we have, you know, associated energy systems. They have, they have made a matching pledge of $30,000. Wow. The Foundry and Urban Hearth each did a matching pledge of $10,000. Wow. Um, we have Concord and Blaze King also did a matching pledge of $10,000. Uh, we have Koval, $10,000 matching pledge. ICC Chimney, Mendota um, have both done a matching pledge of ten thousand dollars, and Man. and then I can call out. You know, there's this, there's just w- one um, retailer that every single month I get checks from is them. That, and is it, that that's not Joe from My Who's Your Hearth, is it? It is. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. 
It was it absolutely is Joe from My Hoosier Hearth. He blows me away every single month. There's a check from him. And so I would love to have you just sit down and have a ch- chat with him to see what is he doing in his shop because it seems to be working there. So they are really promoting it. And yeah, that's funny that you would have said that. Oh, that's, that's so cool. I mean, I, again, I think it's so easy when we're in the grind of day-to-day life to only focus on what's in front of us. That's that's natural, but at some point we have to think bigger. And I think that the other thing is especially, you know, being in a in a country of of privilege for for many of the folks that are listening to this, it's easy to get paralysis analysis with well there's so many causes, which one do I support? Do I do this? Well, if I I want to support everything, and since I can't support everything, I end up doing nothing. And I really think that, I mean, obviously, like you gotta, you gotta do what you think is right. But man, if you're in the fireplace industry, already selling these things, why not make this something that you support? And especially in light of all the coming regulation and questions about climate crisis and all of that, like it just it seems like just being a good steward of what you have been given to to support a cause like this. So. Is there anything you guys would say in, in closing? Yeah, I guess one one thing is that uh, um you know a lot of lot of the talk we've been having and we have off is about some of the crisis aspect of it. But I would say one thing about the spirit of the hearth industry. We were in Atlanta at the the last HBB Expo, and is really about the spirit of the hearth industry is about um, enjoyment and comfort and just being around a hearth. Yeah, and the, you know, home is where hearth is type of thing. And I would say like there is synergy there too. If if people if you're if you um you know people participating were to come visit us. It's amazing when you're in a house and now you have a clean, a clean stove, the smoke has been taken out and people just love to hang out in the kitchen, just like they yes. do in the, in the state. Right. So, um, so really there, there's that same spirit of the hard uh, happiness of the hearth in the stove with the stoves we place in the household we work in. Man, that's so good. So if someone wants to take action, I'll, I'll link to this in the show notes. Uh, what's the website where, where can they go to connect with somebody to get started being a partner? Yeah. So well, our website is just www.stoveteam.org. If you if you do forward slash take dash action, there are over a dozen ways to get involved in in our efforts. Um, I mentioned before the the specific um, 1000 stove challenge page, uh, which is just stoveteam.org forward slash challenge. Okay. Awesome. So we'll 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 link to all of that. My call to action though for for anyone listening is to go to stoveteam.org/challenge and sign up. Maybe you send in a check monthly, you do it quarterly, but I just think, man, just add this to the cost of every fireplace, track your sales and literally just think about the marketing of this. You never have to apologize for your price. Someone says, "Ah, oh, you're too expensive." And you can literally say, "Well, I know we're a little more expensive, but you know what? Every two fireplaces that we sell, we place one in Latin America for a family who deals with horrific issues, smoke inhalation. And in doing that, it actually reduces carbon output for everybody. I mean, it's something that uh, it's a great marketing tactic outside of outside of everything else. And I think I think the best part about this, I always think about this whenever I teach sales and, and marketing is that we, we live our lives based on the stories that we tell ourselves. It's just the way that our brains work as humans. And sometimes, like I talk about in sales, like you have to tell the customer a story. If you just give them random facts and figures, it doesn't do anything. But when you anchor those facts and figures in a story, it takes somebody on a journey 
And just because it's a story doesn't mean it's untrue. Now, there are untrue stories that can take people to bad places and be used for manipulation purposes, but not this one. This is a true story that will take people somewhere and and make them the hero as they are contributing towards solving a major problem. So, Mike and Shelby, I'm so thankful that you guys were here today. I'd love to have you back on down the road and even just talk about how the Firetime magazine can partner with you guys to get awareness yeah. out on on a regular basis. So maybe we can We'd love that. Yeah, we yeah. can put a, we can put a pin in that and, and pick it up there next time. Awesome. Thank you so much. This is great. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Thanks, guys. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with the team at Stove Team International. Man, it blows me away what amazing things they're doing. I was talking with Matt Bradley at the Firetime Magazine about this earlier. We were talking during the trade show that, man, this company is literally doing God's work. I mean, they are going to places where people have really difficult living conditions and smoke inhalation is a horrific issue for them. And they're providing a sustainable way to provide better quality air that also doubles as a way to clean up the environment and also provides local jobs. I mean, this is something that is amazing. And as I think about it, you know, our industry in in many ways for a long time has been kind of very tight-fisted with the way that we have held on to information and our best practices. And, and, And we haven't shared that necessarily with each other. And things are starting to change, which is really, really cool. But I think that with that, there's plenty of companies I hear on a one-off basis that do really generous things you know, in their community and around the world, which is great. But I have not seen something that our entire industry can get behind quite like Stove Team International. And I think it's a convergence of the work that they're doing, plus the overlap with our industry, where to me, this is just a no-brainer that we need to come together and really support this thing. I mean, and even thinking about it, like we were saying in the conversation, like from a marketing perspective in your showroom, you know, to to talk about how money from every purchase goes to support a stove for a family in a different part of the world where where people don't have the same, you know, economic means as, as they do here and their quality of life is a lot different. And you can actually help make their quality of life better and literally save lives. I mean, that's a marketing message that people will get behind and you know, if you have something where it's like, hey, for every one stove that you purchase here, like we literally buy a stove for somebody in Central America. I mean, it's like Tom's shoes, like a one for one thing. That's powerful. People that are buying from you want to know why they should buy from you. And, you know, that that could be a really good reason for them. So I think that there's a lot there on top of the fact that it's just the right thing to do, you know, in all the conversations that are going on, you know, with electrification and, and air quality and everything else, this is something we can actively do to make things better for our planet and to, you know, help out another country that has emissions issues. And so I, I think that in those conversations, even legislatively, when people are saying how terrible our industry is and everything, you know, we can talk about how we actually want clean air. Like we want to be part of the solution. And this is one of the ways that we are partnering to do it. Normally, at the end of every episode, we talk about how you can support this podcast on a monthly basis. But in lieu of our conversation today, my hope instead is that you go support Stove Team. 
And you can do that by going to the website stoveteam.org. And in the top right-hand corner, they have a donate button. If you hover over their programs button, you can go to the Thousand Stove Challenge and see how you can get involved. But I mean, just thinking about this, like every $200 cook stove that is donated literally prevents 15 tons of CO2 from entering the atmosphere. Like that is unbelievable. Not to mention the five to eight people who are going to be saved from a lot of the danger of smoke inhalation and burns that come with, you know, the current cooking system. So, you know, my hope is that you go to stoveteam.org and you support this awesome mission. So with that in mind, we're going to end today's episode. I hope that you took a lot away from it and just know that our industry is doing awesome things to be part of the solution and you can be a part of that too. So hope this made an impact and that you have an amazing rest of your week. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time. I'm all into burn and